Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today our topic is one of my favorites, which is beach reads. <laughs> I am a big fan. I'm not too much of a seasonal reader, but I definitely tend to love a good beach read. So uh, we decided to dedicate this at the start of the summer, we're just past Memorial Day, to talking about the books you want to throw in your beach bag or the bag you take to the pool. Plus, it's a little bit traditional for us because I it wasn't Beach Reads, our very first our episode. Our very first episode. Yeah, and this is our third round of it. I and know. It's something you can just keep coming back to because there's so many of them there and they're fun to are. talk about. Yeah, what do you think? We probably talked about this in previous episodes, but maybe our tastes have changed. What do you what do you consider to be an optimal beach read? So what I focused on for this round of, of the books I, I picked were things that are engaging enough to keep my attention when there's a lot of things going on because mm-hmm. the beach has many distractions, right. or at least um, it seems like the ones that I've been to in the past few years have, have had a lot of, well, I'm thinking specifically of going to Hilton Head, and that's <laughs> just as full of, of people. And so there's lots of things to distract you, but you, so you need things to be engaging, but you also do need it to be something that you can kind of set down if you need to take a nap right. and come back to. And so I, I, for these, these three books, I really concentrated on things that to me had that sweet spot of keeping my attention but also being a little bit like breezy enough that I can I can set it down so it's not something that I need to hold a lot of details of uh, crime that needs to be solved or Mm -hmm. things like that even though those can be really fun and engaging and and um, propulsive Mm -hmm. to read sometimes those can can feel a little bit more like oh my mind's working at this and so so that was my my criteria but Mm -hmm. I I also think just things that I, I you know I love seasonal reading so much and so Mm -hmm. anything that feels like being at the beach I Mm -hmm. think can be really delightful to read Uh, yeah and 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 we've also discussed about things that you have a long stretch of time to sort of hunker down into it but even then I feel like stuff like I wouldn't read class I mean I've made fun of my friend reading Master and Margarita on the beach multiple times now but (laughs) but things like that that are just really dense right to me don't don't work but something that maybe is a longer book like like say Outlander would maybe be a good beach read because you have a long stretch, but it isn't asking you to look up footnotes. Right. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, I agree. So for this episode, I did focus only on books that were set in summer or at the beach, something like that, because Ooh, okay. I, I, I think you can go in lots of different ways. I was very tempted to put a thriller on here that I think yeah, would yeah. be an ideal beach read. I might actually throw it in uh, just as an extra bonus pick because I think it would make such a good beach read. But I did focus primarily on just the ones that have that atmosphere of feeling very summery, outdoors, beach, sand between your toes kind of yeah, feeling. Yeah. But I think I 100% agree with you about truly, so those are not the only books I would read when I would go on vacation. I would take books that are like what you mentioned, you know, engaging, but able to put them down. I was just at the beach a couple of weeks ago. We went to Mexico for a few days and I brought Happy Place by Emily Henry, which is sort mm-hmm. of the perfect kind of beach read because when I was reading it I was totally into it but then there were lots of times where I was setting it aside to go into the water or we got something to eat or whatever it was you know there were lots of people around and and so sometimes my attention wandered because I was watching people walk by or whatever it might be And, and so I think that yeah I think you hit the nail on the head as far as you want something that when you are reading it's kind of sweeping you away you're not it's not taking a long time for the setup of 
the book or you have to go back and say, wait, what happened? I need to get caught up because I had set it aside. Um, so it's something that will grab you but then also can easily be be set aside if needed. So, And I, yeah. I would imagine I, I'm almost positive I'm repeating myself from a previous episode. But <laughs> I think that if you have kids, it's even more so the case where if you are a parent who have to are on the beach and kind of have to keep an eye on kids right, playing at the beach, right. even more so you want something that will you can set aside if you need to pretty quickly. So Right, right, right. Speaking of of your Mexico trip, should we yeah. kind of say we've had a few weeks off? Yes, sorry um, everybody. So. Yeah, we went a little longer than we thought. As always, that's our that's our refrain. Every time we're like, we're yeah. gonna be off for an extra week, it ends up a month. But yeah. Uh, just Do you wanna say sort of what you were up to and what I was up to and sure, we both had yeah. some good travel. Yeah, yeah, because we got we were we were gone basically half the month of of May, we went to Mexico for a little less than a week to celebrate our one-year wedding anniversary, which is very Yay. fun. Yeah, went to a place called Isla Mujeres, which we love, and which is and that's where you went for your honeymoon. Uh, we did not Stop. go there for our honeymoon. We went Ooh, to a okay. different a different place in Mexico. Yeah, we have okay. been to Isla Mujeres before, but not for our honeymoon. And so it was lovely. It's just. I don't know, maybe some of our listeners have been there, but it's this um, island near Cancun, and it's we stayed right near, it's called Playa Norte, the North Beach, and uh, you can walk into the town where there are all these restaurants, and like I said, there's easy access to the beach, and it was just lovely. Lots of reading was done, and lots of relaxing. It was really fun, and then we came home, and literally two days later, we left, went to Hilton Head for 10 days, <laughs> and we're there through the end of the month. And we're hoping for lovely weather at Memorial Day. And it ended up being 60 degrees and raining oh, that day. No. There was a big tropical storm. and Or I don't know, it was technically a tropical storm, but it was basically like a tropical storm. And it dumped a whole bunch of rain on the southeast. And yeah. so we got a few nice days. But, but anyway, it was fun. We got to hang out with my family. And it was a very nice trip. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of my main. Now, yours is a little bit more exciting, I think. Tell, tell everybody where you were. So I went to the UK uh, and I got there the day of the coronation, which was not intended, but a very, very fun side thing. I, 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 we didn't obviously go to the coronation, but, <laughs> but we did go. Um, my friend uh, and I went to central London and for the, the day and I walked 21,000 steps that day oh my as gosh. we tried to get to different viewing locations. And, and so being in, in Hyde Park with a billion other British people watching this, this moment and was, was really, really fun. And, and, you know, one of those, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life kind right. of, kind of thing. Cause it was raining like crazy and, and just, it was it was so tiring I wrote to my friend it was so fun and so miserable all at once because it was we were so tired and then uh went to Oxford for a few for a few days where she lives and then we went to Eurovision in Liverpool and went to two live shows and uh did a bunch of other fun stuff along the way and uh went to a castle in Wales and and kind of knocked off a few bucket list items for me because I've I had never seen a castle like a legit medieval castle uh-huh. before so that was really fun and then i uh flew to denmark and hung out with my family and we did a mini cruise to uh oslo for a couple of days and that was i'd never been to norway before so even though it was a super short trip it was um you know going through a fjord the entire way is cool. is pretty pretty awesome so um and then in a couple of weeks i'm going to france for the first time so, so i'm cool. excited about that too so that's actually what i'm saving uh, I need to read Happy Place, and I, yes. I am saving it for the flight because yeah. that, to me, is the perfect yes. 
flight book. But yeah, it's um, a great flight book. Yes, I yeah, I yeah. had pre I, we talked about this in another episode. I had pre I pre ordered Happy Place as soon as it was announced last year. Yeah, and so I had it the day it was released and was very tempted to just start reading it. Then decided to hold off and yeah. I took it to Mexico with me and that was perfect. I mean, it yeah, could yeah. not have been better because I was able to just sit and enjoy it and. I don't know. It was just, it was a great way to read it. I think I probably still would have liked it if I had read it any other time, but it felt extra, yeah. extra appropriate when I was on vacation. Yeah. Well, and I get crazy legs on flights now, which is, is frustrating oh, and always hard to explain to people because I'm so short that yeah. uh, maybe our listeners don't know that I'm short. Huh. I'm short. And on <laughs> flights, I get, it seems like I should have plenty of leg room, but yeah. if I have anything down by my feet, I get my legs get very antsy. And so I need something that's really, really engaging to make my mind not be thinking about Mm -hmm. how my legs are hurting all the time. And, and so I've decided happy place is the book. Yes. That's going to save me. That's good. And I will say, I don't, I'm sorry, actually, usually for those listening, I, we tend to know what the other one's going to talk about on an episode, which book, (gasps) but we did, we don't know this week. So, or I don't know yours at least. And so I don't know if you're going to talk about Emily Henry, but I was going to mention I did not pick one by her because I think she's so well known. But I do think she makes she has four books that would be excellent beach reads across yeah. the board. And then she has another she has a YA book, but I've not read that one. So I'm not oh, sure about that one. Yeah. But her adult romances, I think any of them would make excellent beach reads. Yeah, agreed. OK, should we go ahead and start? Let's do it. Chatting. OK, OK. Tell me your first one. My first book is Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto. And this is one I finished re- recently, and it's really charming, and it's really quick-moving, and it has great characters. So so I felt like this this was kind of the first book that, that sprang to mind, because I, I love sort of traditional beach reads, but I'm also a mystery reader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I, I want things that will work for for that, that feel, but also... The, the books I want to, the plots I want to read. Right. So um, so this is about a, a woman named Vera Wong, and she is a widow in her 60s in San Francisco, and she immigrated from China with her husband, but he has been dead for, for a few years. So she runs a tea shop, and she actually named it Vera Wang's world-famous tea house because oh. she wanted to try to associate oh, herself the designer. With, with the designer. Yeah, which I thought was really, really funny. Um, and she likes to wake up super early and call her son Tilly and give him a hard time about how he's wasting his life by not being up at 4.30 like she is and and basically is very sort of the stereotypical tiger mom that we hear about in, in Chinese culture. And But this is played for, in a very funny way. But so she as far as her business is going, is not, it's not going great. She has very few customers anymore in, in the uh, Chinatown neighborhood where, where she has her business. Um, so one morning she goes downstairs and is going to open up the shop and she finds the dead body of a man that is on the floor. And so she calls the police, but very helpfully, she first draws an outline around <laughs> the body in Sharpie because she knows the police will want to get a head start (laughs) so so and then then when they get there she they're like what is this (laughs) what have you been doing and she tells them all these observations she made when she discovered the body and she thinks that she's being this very very helpful uh source of details for them but they're of course very annoyed by this and they're dismissive but through some sleuthing she finds out that the deceased man is named marshall chen and that 
there are several people who have shown up to the shop who are basically looking for information and they all claim to be reporters or bloggers but we read chapters from their perspective throughout the book and we learn very early on that they're people who were actually tied to Marshall in some way and that they will be associated with his death that makes them very nervous Mm -hmm. and through this information we learn that he was not a good guy and that these were actually victims of his in some way but it sort of takes a little while to figure out how it all fits together so Vera takes them all under her wing and cooks for them a ton, which is great, and decides that she will solve this mystery with them of Marshall's murder, and that even though the police don't care and don't want her involved, she's going to be involved. So if you there's a really strong humor element to this book and just a breeziness that I think fits really well with mm-hmm. beach reading. There is quite a bit of emotional heft to it because Vera is, is actually very lonely if you read between the lines mm-hmm. and she is building this found family around her. But because there's so much humor and Jesse Q. Sutanto wrote um, Dial A for Aunties uh, two years ago, I think. And she, if you know that book, it's very, very heavy on the maternal the maternal figures Uh in asian cultures that are a little overbearing and so she writes this very very well and in a very funny but loving way so so it has this emotional heft to it but it also has this propulsion of the mystery plot so this is actually a book that i listened to a couple of weeks ago and it really helped my attention uh, or really helped keep my attention which to me is something that's important for a beach read so Mm. i found the solution really satisfying but this is not you know an insanely intricate mystery and mm-hmm. it's just a really lovely amateur sleuth mystery so i'm hoping this is the start to a series but i i don't think that has been released yet but mm-hmm. i thought it was just super charming so that is vera wong's unsolicited advice for murderers by jesse q Sutanto. yeah this one i definitely want to read at some point i've all only heard good things about it and i definitely want to read it sounds like i'm not always the mystery reader that you are but this sounds like something that i would really enjoy yeah, I think it's, I know you how much you loved Arsenic and Adobo, yeah. and I think it yeah. has a Very lot of similar similarities vibes. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think and I like that. Dial A for aunties. Right, or right. Aunties, yeah. All right, so actually before I get started, I wanted to mention just a couple of authors that I'm definitely have mentioned one before in a Beach Reads episode. I'm not sure about the other, uh, but I feel like are kind of quintessential Beach Reads, so I... Uh, I felt, again, I could have gone so many different directions for this episode, so I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, so Sarah Dessen for YA uh, writes great summer beach read novels where I think part of why maybe I enjoy beach read so much is sort of like recaptures that excitement that you have about summer when you yeah, are yeah, a teenager yeah. and you finish up a school year and you have this all this possibility of what's going to happen over the summer and you get to hang out with your friends and all these things. And so I think Sarah Dessen captures those feelings really well along with the uncertainty about the future if you're going off to college or doing something else so I just wanted to say I was very tempted to include one of her books but I know I've done it in the past so I just I left that to the side and then Ellen Hildebrand is the other one which I'm guessing most people have read an Ellen Hildebrand book if you like summer beach reads but I feel like she's the kind of the master of the beach read so I wanted to mention her as well she has a new one out I haven't read yet um called the five-star weekend that uh, sounds really, really good. So just wanted to mention those before I, I go to my actual individual picks. So my first one is Same Time Next Summer by Annabelle Monahan, And this one was one of my most highly anticipated reads for this year because I loved Annabelle Monahan's first book, Nora Goes Off Script, which we have talked about. 
And I saw her speak a couple of months ago and she referenced this book. And so I don't know, I was just all hyped up. And in some cases, expectations, if you have such high expectations, it can kind of lower my enjoyment of a book, but right, not in this right. case, I just absolutely adored it. So it's about uh, a girl or a woman named Sam Holloway, but we learn that as a girl, she spent her summers at her family's beach house on uh, in Long Island or on Long Island Beach. She grew up there every summer. She would go there. There was a family next door who, and they had a son that was about her age and they were friends and they would just hang out all the time in the summer and they would go surfing and they would play and like all these things. And then as they got older, that friendship turned into something more romantic and they ended up being each other's first love. And we know as the book is opening that she is not with Wyatt. She is with somebody else who is her fiance and they are traveling to the beach house, her family's beach house for the weekend to scope out of a wedding venue. And it's basically just to appease her mother because in her mind, in Sam's mind, there's no way that they would ever get married at this, in this beach town. And you can tell she, she kind of dreads going to this beach house and you're not really sure why, but you just know she and Wyatt were no longer together at this point as an adult. So, so that's sort of how it starts. And so they, she shows up at the beach house and wouldn't you know it, adult Wyatt is next door, <laughs> unexpectedly next door. He has come into town and she didn't know it. And she decides that she can be friendly, but it's clear that they have not spoken in something like 10 years. So they were had this first love, but obviously something went catastrophically wrong with their relationship. They haven't even spoken since. So Sam's all of, out of sorts because here she is thinking it's going to be this quick weekend in and out with her fiance and now she has to deal with all of these old feelings and seeing Wyatt and she thinks okay well we can be friends but I'm going to hold him at arm's length because I don't want to be hurt in any way I don't want to open myself up to hurt that kind of feeling so the book moves back and forth in time and we learn about their relationship you know how it grew and how they were each other's first loves and then about I would say halfway through the book you under you learn what caused them to not not be in each other's lives anymore. Mm -hmm. And then it's also set in the present day as they're there for the weekend and, and then beyond and what happens. And, and she feels herself very drawn back to Wyatt, even though she knows it didn't end well in the past. So as I mentioned, as I started talking about this book, I loved this book. It, was, it felt just like the perfect summer read to me, that, that relationship and kind of the, what, as you see the development of their relationship and then as it falls apart, and then the present day where you see how they're trying to kind of mend their friendship, all of that was just very engrossing to read. I liked the characters a lot. Like you get to know Sam's family and they're all fun characters to learn about. And you meet some other people from their lives. And so all of it's just like a fun story to read, but then also you have the atmosphere of this beach. And it's so present in this book where mm -hmm. You just can picture, you know, walking out the screen door and walking over the dunes or whatever it is to the ocean. And there's lots of surfing and there's lots of picnicking outside. And I don't know, it's just there's just all the summer vibes in this book. So it's one of those, actually, I would say, if you don't have a beach vacation planned, but you want to feel like you have a beach vacation, <laughs> I would go with this book because it just is so atmospheric and it really gives you that sense of being, of being at the beach. And then also, I mean, I just loved the story of, 
of Sam and her kind of figuring out what she wants out of her life and in her relationships and and all of that. So it, it was wonderful. So that is Same Time Next Summer by Annabelle Monahan. Yeah, that sounds really, really fun. I, I liked her last book not as much as you did, yeah. but I liked her last book, and I, and I think she's a really good writer, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Okay, what's your next one? Um, next is a, a change in direction. <laughs> it is Loot by Jennifer oh. Marie Thorne. And uh, oh, it's so fun you not knowing the books I'm going to talk about. <laughs> it's like a fun little surprise. Um, so this is a folk horror novel, and it takes place on a made-up Channel Island called Loot. So Channel Islands are between France and, and the UK, and uh, that's where this is set. And the, this is the blurb calls it "Final Destination Meets the Wicker Man." <laughs> oh my god, and that is pretty perfect for what this is. <laughs> So, um, so the main character is named Nina and she is an American woman who has married the richest man on loot. And he's, he's the Lord of the, of the Island. And his name is Hugh Treadway. And they met almost seven years ago on a cruise and he just swept her off her feet. And so, um, so she's lived there for almost seven years. They have a good life, but she has struggled to fit in to sort of the common life on loot because she sort of has this lady of the manor figure as her, that that's her place there. Mm-hmm. And so, so she can't really fit in as part of the local community, but um, she loves her husband and she concentrates on their children and, and she has a good life. So the Island has always been very prosperous. So for example, the channel islands were hit really hard in world war two. They were the only part of the UK that was actually occupied by the Germans and loot is is considered one of those islands in this in the history of this book but they didn't endure any of these terrible things the the boys who went off to war from loot didn't die they all survived which is pretty much unheard of and so um they nina when she learns about this this prosperity that has historically been part of this this um, lifestyle on this island she's told that this is because of the day in in capital letters in and that's when the island pays for the prosperity that it enjoys and so basically every seven years seven people have to die hmm. on the summer solstice for the island to be placated and the islanders as a result will essentially have no troubles for the rest of for the other seven years so it's basically a person for each year of prosperity and this is a deal that was made many generations ago by by the islanders with the spirits who like the folk spirits of the island so nina of course doesn't believe in this she thinks this is completely stupid and she thinks it's just bad luck that people have have had really terrible accidents and that they've happened on the same day but she also has to acknowledge how good life is on this island. So when the day begins, she rolls her eyes at everyone's talk and the way that they're trying to protect themselves. And they say, don't go out, just stay inside. And and so they sort of prepare themselves for what's coming. But she learns pretty quickly that the day is real. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very, very real. And really horrific things happen in this book. So I picked this because of of what I said of of what I look for in a beach read of being very engaging but also not too heavy but also because this the the island setting just my my feeling of reading this book was that the sun was just so bright in this location because summer solstice in in you know northernish Europe is pretty pretty great and it's um you know it's an island uh, setting and so mm-hmm. so that you just have this the sun and this like the ocean nearby at all times and such beautiful weather and such beautiful scenery. 
but then there are these really awful things happening. And so I thought it was, it was just such a, a fun contrast. And so this is an obvious read alike for, um, for the movie Midsummer. If you're a fan of that movie, then this is likely to be up your alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that it was, I, I can imagine being on a beach reading this and having the sun be just so bright and thinking, oh, this is, this feels not safe to be mm-hmm. here because that's the way this this book felt. So that is Loot by Jennifer Marie Thorne. The reason I know the Channel Islands is from the Guernsey Literary and Potato Field yes, Society. Yes, that too. Which I think of probably a lot of people. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't, that's, yeah. I'm sure I'd heard of them before, but I don't know that I knew much about their history until that book. Yeah, and that's that's a World War II book. And so you can, yes. if you know some of the things that happen in that book, then... It's a it's also a very light read, but there's a lot of darkness yeah. to it as well. So, yeah. yeah. My next one is sort of a general author recommendation, although I am going to talk about a specific book. Uh, it is Meg Mitchell Moore, which I, I discovered her last year. I had read another book by her several years ago, but last year I read a book as I was coming home from my honeymoon called Vacation Land, which mm-hmm. I am almost positive I talked about at the time. But it sort of... It really captured my attention. I thought I thought it was a really ideal beach read. And so I found myself wanting to read more of her. And I went and read almost her whole backlist last summer because I just she just hit this vibe for me that was so in the sweet spot of of the beach read, but not not too light, but not too heavy, and just sort of some of the things we've been talking about. My favorite of hers that I've read so far is The Captain's Daughter. And it's about a woman named Eliza who grew up in a small fishing town in Maine. And then once she became an adult and got married, she moved to Massachusetts and lives a very well-to-do life. Her husband is successful, I think. I'm pretty sure he comes from a wealthier background, so he kind of has some family money. And she's a stay-at-home mom, and he works, and she just lives a very comfortable life, I would say. And then her father gets ill. She lost her mother when she was young. And so her father is on his own and he gets ill. And so she goes back to that small fishing town in Maine to take care of him. When she gets there, she starts reflecting on what her life is like now versus what it was then when she was growing up and what she thought it was going to be. And she makes some friends, especially there's a young girl who is pregnant who she befriends. All of it sort of brings up some old feelings and, and just sort of has her re reevaluating where she is in her life and, and what she expects out of her life. And part of the reason I liked all of the Meg Mitchell Moore books that I read last summer, and especially this one, is because it takes place on the coast. It takes place at this, you know, near water. So it definitely has that beach vibe. It takes place in the summer, I believe. Um, so it has all of that, but it's it's mostly, it's not that glitzy, glamorous beach read that I think sometimes comes to mind of like this very glamorous is the only way I can think of, you know, these wealthy people summering at the shore kind of feeling like, no, these are hardworking people who go out every day very early in the morning because they're on fishing boats. And there's a storyline about, you know, what what happens because her dad can't fish because he's ill. And how does he support himself? Because that's the kind of job where really you have to be out there every day or else you don't have money coming in. And and so it's more about like a working class environment than some of the beach reads I think that I've read, which there's there's value in those too, because it's it's the fantasy. It's getting swept away in a world that I don't I don't live, you know, and, and all this wealth and privilege. Um, but so for this book, this is partly why I really enjoyed it is because it feels like real people, <laughs> real people living life and dealing with the sorts of things that you have to deal with um, when you have 
maybe an aging parent or you're struggling with feeling valued as a woman or as a mother, wondering how to best parent your own children. Um, and so there's a lot about her kind of figuring out her place in, in mm-hmm. her life and with her husband and with her children. And then, like I said, with her dad. And then this younger girl who's pregnant, lots of questions about her raising her child because I, I believe she's about 17. Um, so she's pretty young. And so there it's this, like I said, this wonderful atmosphere of the coastline and it feels very summery, um, but it's got a little bit more heft and depth than some of what I think can be classified as a beach read. And I, I really just like her characters a lot. I feel like the books that I read, I latched onto her characters and felt very involved in their stories and what was going to happen. And you just immediately are entrenched in, in their worlds. She actually has a new book coming out this summer, or maybe it's already out now that I think about it, called Summer Stage uh, that I definitely want to read. It's about a performance, like a stage performance that takes place during a summer stock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that sounds like it's rife for a lot of drama. But I think... that <laughs> fun there. Good fun. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think Meg Mitchell Moore is maybe a little bit... Om- uh, under the radar, maybe than some of the other. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, some of the other. She's, and and she hasn't only written books set in the summer, but those have been her most recent ones. I think her yeah. most recent four books have all been set in the summer and more beach reads. Um, but I definitely think if you like Ellen Hildebrand, who I mentioned a bit a little bit ago, I think you should pick up Meg Mitchell Moore and uh, Jamie Brenner is another one. I haven't read her most recent books, but I had read some of her earlier ones, and they're very much about family dynamics and some family tensions and things like that, and always set over the summer at the beach. So I think that she slots really nicely into that realm. And and she strikes, like I said, a really good balance of easy to read, beach read, but but with some emotional heft, which yeah. I really like. So that's Meg Mitchell Moore. Again, I would recommend any of her books, but I really liked The Captain's Daughter. Sounds good. Yep. Um, okay, next is maybe a controversial pick. It is Legends and Lattes by Travis, oh my gosh. Travis Baldry. And so I'll explain later why why okay. this is a controversial pick. But this book absolutely broke my brain. And I don't even know if I've talked about it before on the podcast. I don't, I don't care think you if have. I did. I don't think I, I have either because I thought I read it last year, but it was actually in January that I read it. Oh. And so, because I was like, surely I talked about it as one of my favorite books of, of last year. And mm-hmm. then I realized, no, it actually fell in right. this year. So I'll be talking about it again. <laughs> um, I love it so much. I don't understand why this book. Um, so it's about a mercenary orc named Viv, and she has retired from battle, and she decides that she wants to live a quieter life and get a fresh start in a city called Thune. And um, after she left her, left her comrades, she traveled around and was introduced to coffee, and she decided it was the most divine thing she had ever tasted. So... Um, she gets to Thune and she investigates a location where she wants to open up a coffee shop, but no one in Thune has ever heard of coffee. And so this is going to be a little bit of a tough sell to them. So as she's getting her shop together and getting things off the ground, she meets people who each offer a piece that's really instrumental to her, to getting this um, shop to be a success. So her first employee is a succubus named Tandri and she helps Viv learn how to advertise and, um, they grow very close, and there's there's kind of the way their relationship develops. Um, 
and then people start to come in and and just are curious about what this this place is and so one of the people who comes in and just starts kind of hanging out is like a a rat who is bigger like a like a child size a human child size but a rat which is okay in this this world and he is named thimble and he makes amazing pastry and so um he starts selling things in the in the shop so the three of them renovate the space and they create a menu and they bring in customers and uh the one complication to this is that viv hasn't told her friends that before she left her her mercenary life she took a stone she, she had one last job where she had to kill a creature and, and took a, a magical stone from its body. And it has properties that, um, I can't remember exactly how they play out, but, but there is magic infused into it. And she wants to save this stone for a particular time. And she's hidden it under the flagstones of her coffee shop. But one of her old comrades, uh, she knows wants it for himself. And so that is the source of tension in her life, even as she has this perfect life for herself. So... Um, and that's it. That's all that happens. It's just about her building a coffee shop. Sounds adorable. It's so, I loved it so much. Um, so I debated putting this on the list. Like I wrote out about half of it uh, of this and then thought, oh, should I save this for a different episode? Mm-hmm. Because it's such a cozy book. Like mm-hmm. the the subgenre that's sort of rising up right now is is cozy sci-fi fantasy. Right. And this is kind of the prime example if, if you've... Um, I know this book was popular last year, and so it, so this may be one that, that you're familiar with um, as part of an example of that genre. But because um, it, it really is just about them building the friendship and building the business. And so it really is suited perfectly for a rainy day in front of a fire or winter or mm-hmm. something. But I also realized that it's perfect for any time because the plot is so light and fluffy. When I was thinking about what I wanted to concentrate in this episode and I thought of things that are engaging but also easy to put down, mm-hmm. this is the book that that there's nothing there's nothing trying right. in this book to to but but because it's so charming, you just can't help but keep going and be entranced by it. And so, so even though the setting is something that would be great for uh, a very different scenario than a beach read, I still think the reading experience is perfect mm-hmm. for the beach. And then I also thought, well, there's another book coming out in the series um, that's set in a bookstore later oh. this year. And I thought, well, if we do like a cozy reads or winter reads or anything this year, then I'll talk about that book. And so then I was like, okay, well, this is okay for me to talk about this book right in now. a beach reads episode. I don't need to save this. So, um, but I, I remember texting everyone when I was reading this and just said, I don't understand what this book has done to me because <laughs> if you learn like the, on the surface of a mercenary orc and I don't know, coffee. I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Like these are things that shouldn't be up my alley um, other than the coziness. And I just, I, I didn't get a copy last year um, for the committee, but I went out and bought a copy myself because I loved it so much. It's, it's the perfect, it's perfect. I love it. It's <laughs> called Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. I do want to read this one a lot. I remember talking to some uh mutual colleagues of ours that we've known through the committee stuff that we've done talking to them a year ago Mm -hmm. at a conference and I was sort of they're both big sci-fi and fantasy readers and I was asking them okay what are you know what are the books that you think I would like since those aren't really my genres and this is the very first one they talked about and I so I do want to read this at some point yeah it's if if you like friendship and if you like 
enclosed spaces yeah. you will love this book there's so many little paths that you can you can be entranced by in this book it's so great it also made me think we should do an episode on books set in bookstores and libraries oh yeah because we've done book books about books, books but about i don't books, think we've done yeah, yeah I don't think we've that would be a setting. smart one well i claim that next one for, for okay, okay 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 <laughs> okay uh all right my last one is the comeback summer by ali brady and this one is about two sisters libby and hannah who, uh, who they have inherited their grandmother's PR firm. And they've always known since they were little girls that they were going to inherit it. Their, mother, their grandmother would tell them, this is your legacy. When you're older, this is the place that you're going to grow for me after I'm gone, all these things. So they've always known it. But now that they're in charge and their grandmother is gone, they are really struggling to keep it afloat. They are having a very hard time maintaining the success and growth that she had when she was running it. And it's very important to them that they are able to keep this PR firm. They feel a responsibility to their grandmother. So they're trying to figure out ways to make it a success again. And they think they have the perfect opportunity when a woman named Lou approaches them, who she is very well known for a motivational TED talk that she did. And she has like a sort of like a lifestyle brand and it's all about being your best self. That's her main goal is, is helping people become their best selves. They think this is amazing because if she hires us to do her PR, we will get great word of mouth. You know, we will be able to say that she is one of our customers who are our clients who she's so well known that it will transfer to us. You know, there, there seems to be lots of upside. And so Lou says to them that she will agree to consider them as her PR firm if they undertake her 12-week get-out-of-your-comfort-zone challenge. That's the mainstay of her business and that she wants each of them to do this. And at the end of 12 weeks, she'll decide or she'll feel like they're worthy of her business and she'll check in with them throughout the 12 weeks. And so they each have their own challenge. It's not a joint challenge. One of the sisters has to open her heart to love and romance because she has kind of sworn that off. And then the other one has to embrace being more physically active and what they ultimately decide is that she will participate at the end of the 12 weeks in this obstacle course race where it's not, it's not like a triathlon. It's all these, I'm sure they have these in real life. I don't know what it's called in the book, but it's part of it's, you have to climb up a wall and get yourself over the wall into a mud pit. And then you have to like, climb under or crawl under wire with a partner or something you know it's like it's Mm -hmm. um an obstacle course Um, each of them has their own reasons why that puts them out of their comfort zone and why they don't really want to do it and so they kind of decide to help each other and the one sister who has to open herself up to love she doesn't want to do dating apps that's not something that she's interested in and so her sister said okay i'll pretend to be you and I'll vet the people on the dating apps, but you actually have to go out on the dates. So they think that's a little bit of a workaround to get through this 12-week challenge. And then the one sister who has to push herself physically, the other sister says, well, I'll help you because she's a big runner and things, and she said, I'll train with you. So that way we can do this together. You're not on your own. So they're gonna help each other through the 12 weeks. So what we, what we witness as we're reading the book is how these 12 weeks play out. And along the way, we see why, the, why each of these challenges is so difficult for, for the sisters and, and what they're 
what has happened in the past that has made this difficult for them, and then how they approach it and how they really kind of reframe their thinking because of these challenges and it forces them to start thinking about what they want out of life and really also confront their relationship with each other and what they have, how they have relied on each other in ways that those may, might be helpful, but what, the ways they might be harmful as well. I really enjoyed this. Allie Brady wrote a book last year called The Beach Trap that I really liked. It's actually a co-writing team. It's Allison Hammer, and I can't remember, oh gosh, what's her name? The other author, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, they're a writing duo, and I think that my guess is they each take a character and write maybe from their perspective, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of humor in this book. There's a, a bit of a romance for each of the sisters, which is great to read about and uh, makes it a like kind of fun summer read. Uh, and then we also get to see how they do in their 12-week challenge, and it all takes place in Chicago in the summer, which if you've ever been, I have two sisters who have lived in Chicago for a long, long time, um, one of whom is still there, and Chicago in the summer is like one of the greatest places you can ever go yeah, because yeah, the yeah, winters yeah, are yeah. so terrible, everybody goes yeah. outside in the summer, and so it's just fun. So it's not really at the beach, but Chicago in the summer is a pretty fun place too. So that is The Comeback Summer by Allie Brady. It's very fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we will be, oh, and I'm going to throw in my bonus pick. Can I do that? <laughs> I'm like, not gonna really. I feel like every every book has been. Here's a bonus. Pick. Here's a bonus. Pick. Okay, so I'm not really gonna spend much time talking about it. But I was very tempted to do the Villa by Rachel Hawkins, which oh, is a thriller. Oh, that was such a fun book. Have you read that? Yes, it's so fun. Yeah. So that's my bonus pick. It's about a vacation to Italy, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Where or maybe to... it's Lake Geneva. I think maybe it's Switzerland because was... oh. okay. somewhere in no, Europe. No, no, yeah, Europe. you're right. It's Italy because they because it's based on the. On Byron and, yeah. and right, right, right. So thing, yeah. anyway, so it's these kind of frenemies who go on this vacation together, and there's this past of the the house where they stay, where a murder happened at the house, and so they're they're looking into that. So we get the story of the past, and then the story of the present. Anyway, it's super fun thriller yeah. if you are wanting more of a thriller than the beach reads that I provided. Yeah, that's a good pick. Okay, all right, we'll be right back with what we're reading this week. Okay, Anne, what are you reading this week? I just started listening to this. It's called Twice in a Lifetime by Melissa Barron, and it's about a woman named Isla who is about to turn 30, and she recently moved to St. Louis after the death of her mother, I think about a a year before. And she moved from Chicago for a slower pace of life and to have better work-life balance because she has a chronic anxiety Mm. disorder. And so she feels that she needs to sort of get away from the lifestyle that she she had in order to control that and this is something that's been with her her entire life and it and she felt like after some flare-ups she had it basically under control until her mother's death and then it just started to become too much again so one day she randomly gets a text from a stranger who seems to know her he he kind of sends a text that has a term of endearment in it and she's she sort of responds with oh who are you trying to reach Mm -hmm. and so um, so he his response is that he's shocked that the number has been reassigned so quickly. And she's, she says, I've had this number for decades. I don't know what you're talking about. And so somehow, I don't remember how in the discussion, she shares her name. And the stranger immediately is clearly very shocked and starts and tells her her whole name and names her parents and, and asks and says, is this you? And tells a lot of very personal information about herself that, that she knows 
most people don't know. And so she's very upset and creeped out. And he says that his name is Ewan and that he doesn't know what's going on, but that he's actually her husband. So, yeah. And so something has happened that they're no longer together and that he had randomly decided to text the number to comfort himself after what has happened. He isn't expecting a response when he had Mm -hmm. sent this text. And so when she does respond, he's, he's extremely shocked and that it's from Isla herself. And so eventually he says, I think that there may be a time shift Mm -hmm. and that he's in the future, but she hasn't actually met him yet. So they start um, just texting over several weeks and, and mainly it's to try to sort out what's going on. Um, And also because Isla needs to verify that he is who he says he is. And, um, and he has to provide pictures of their wedding day and just lots and lots of details. And so through, of course, these conversations, she's going to fall in love with him. Um, but he won't tell her what happened to them and what happened to the relationship and where she is now. So he, in the meantime, um, he says he'll tell her eventually. But in the meantime, he's very encouraging of her um, with her career and her mental health struggles. And he says at some point that... that there's sort of an indication that the choices that she's currently making to to be um, the person, to sort of become the person that she's on the, the path to become, that those choices may actually mean that they'll never meet in real life. So, um, so it's kind of hard to explain, but it's a very intriguing book and I'm really liking their relationship so far. But the thing that's actually standing out to me is the way that it's handling mental health and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that I really, really identify with, with, with Isla's... Um, thought patterns mm-hmm. um she talks specifically about social situations and i, I think i've talked in this mm-hmm. um, podcast before about having social anxiety and the way that she talks about always feeling like she's in the way mm-hmm. and that she's taking up too much space and i just was like oh my gosh i've never heard this portrayed in a book before so um i feel like a lot of mental health things are just this person has depression or mm-hmm. this person is bipolar mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of and those can be handled very deftly and very mm-hmm. well, but there's such a range of mental illness that right. doesn't get written about. And so I felt very uh, seen in the, yeah. in this book. And so it was very nice to, to read. Um, and so uh, so I won't go you know mm-hmm. too much into how I felt in those things because this this is you know kind of personal. So yeah. um, so but I I just was very impressed by that. And so it's very compelling, and I'm enjoying it a lot more than I expected. But I wasn't expecting to be pulled in by the mental health mm-hmm. aspect of it. So um, so that is a, a happy surprise for me. So that is uh, Twice in a Lifetime by Melissa Barron. That reminds me of, did you ever read The Impossible Us by Sarah Lotz? Came out last mm-hmm. year. I don't think so. It's somebody sends a No, for email. sure I didn't. Okay, yeah, I think it's like he sends an email or a text message and it shows up in somebody's unintentionally in somebody's you know email inbox that it's not supposed to go to and they strike right. up a conversation and they realize they're living in different timelines right and then the or seven like years the, the lake by... houses was right right one that, the movie that people have talked about yeah yeah um and then ashley poston who wrote oh shoot what was that book? anyway she's the, her new one's called the seven year slip and it's somebody who falls in love with somebody who's seven years either behind or ahead in, in time oh, okay anyway it sounds like it's like kind of a trend right now to have yeah yeah, yeah yeah her other uh, the dead romantics that's what it was called last oh yes yes yes, yes 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 anyway so what i am reading this week is called talking at night by claire daverly and 
comes out June 6th. So I'm guessing this podcast will go out about the same day. So it's a brand new book. Um, and you know, Anne, you know how much I love a bittersweet love story. And this I one, do. yes, this one just fits right in there. When I read the description, I thought I had to read it. It is about uh, Will White and Rosie Winters, who are teenagers when they meet. They are in their final year of high school. And Will has a reputation for being kind of a troublemaker, kind of a bad boy. He has reputation for sleeping with lots of different girls and leaving them kind of brokenhearted in his past. He doesn't do relationships. And uh, there's a particular event that is alluded to that you don't know as a reader until farther into the book. So I won't spoil it. But there's a specific thing that happened that you know is why everybody thinks of him as this troublemaker, kind of like a bad, bad kid. And then you have Rosie, who is pretty quiet, very studious. She's very focused on uh, getting good grades and her um, good exam scores so she can go on to college. She, her dream is to go to a musical college. She's a very uh, talented musician, and uh, it's pretty unpractical. She doesn't know that it will actually happen because it can be hard to have a career in a creative endeavor, but she, that's kind of her secret dream is it to go to a musician or a musical college. Anyway, so they meet at a bonfire one night, and it seems like they have nothing in common, that they wouldn't even really cross paths. They do, and they ha- there's just an immediate and undeniable connection between the two that takes them both by surprise. They, it's, again, very unexpected. And they spend the whole night talking to each other, just talking, just walking and talking and, and sort of getting to know each other. And it really seems like there's the start of what's going to become a romance between the two of them, that there's this connection and they're interested in each other. Uh, and then something happens where they are pulled apart. And then the book follows them over many years after this. And either due to their own choices or their own actions or circumstances that are outside of their control, they're, they're drawn apart. They are kept apart. But they are constantly feeling drawn back to each other. So it's like they're never completely out of each other's lives, even if they go months or years without talking. They always feel that connection, and they're always, something brings them back together again. So this book reminded me so much of Normal People by Sally Rooney, uh, mm. particularly the TV show even more than the book, just because their writing styles are very different. But that sense of connection to somebody else that's sort of undescribable or Mm-hmm. unexplainable but there just is this connection um, and then also that sense of kind of, of pining or longing or mm-hmm. missed connections you know the timing is just off it was very much present in this book um, and so kind I of the repetition think, of, right, of, of, of leaving and coming back and right exactly back. but it, it still feels like it's own book it doesn't mm-hmm. it does, it's not a duplicate of normal people but I do think if you liked normal people you would, you would like this book a lot so that is Talking at Night by Claire Daverly it sounds good. Yes. Read it. Yes, yes. All right. So let's go back. I'm only going to talk about the books that I was actually supposed to talk about today. <laughs> Not all of my bonus picks. When, I should say that when we were talking about doing this episode, Hallie kept saying, I could do so many. I could I could do just just go on and on and on about, about beach reads and, and do, how did you put it, like a, full, a whole season's worth yes. of, of just beach just reads beach or something. Reads. Because, I mean, we said this. We said this at the start. You can go in so many different directions right. here. 
And I could have done a whole episode just on the books that I've loved reading on the beach. I mean, right, there are just so right. many ways you can go. So. Well, and, and you have a particular love of reading outside, oh, too. And so, and so that's that yes. I think you are primed for this. Yes, my best of. reading is reading outside. It just, yeah. yep, I love it. Love it, love it. I'd do it all the time if I could. Yeah. Okay, Anne, let's, let's share what we talked about. Okay, so I talked about Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto, Loot by Jennifer Marie Thorne, Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry, and what I'm reading this week is Twice in a Lifetime by Melissa Barron. And I actually should say at the beginning of the book, there was a trigger warning for uh, self-harm. Okay. I don't know how that plays into it, but okay. I just wanted to... Um, oh let people know that yeah. if, if they were considering the book. Thank you. I talked about Same Time Next Summer by Annabelle Monahan, uh, The Captain's Daughter by Meg Mitchell Moore, The Comeback Summer by Allie Brady, and what I'm reading this week is Talking at Night by Claire Daverly. If you'd like to tell us what you consider a good beach read or if there's a particular beach read you are especially looking forward to this year, we would love to hear about it. You can reach us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at wellreadpodcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast provider of choice. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode. Sorry, Anne. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we've, said, we've mentioned this before. Anne does the show notes. So every time we offhandedly mention a book or a TV show or movie, she has to go seek it out. Yeah, I always, when, I, when we're talking, I think, oh, why am I doing this to myself? If I start saying, it reminds me of this or this, this, this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, well, I do it myself. I do it all the time, too. So. <laughs> I was especially bad on this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening and happy reading.